Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo Technology, and here I am again recording another podcast episode, and uh, this one I've been looking forward to for, for quite some time. Uh, we're going to have a chat with Kevin Madden. Kevin is the chief architect of Tom Sawyer Software, right Kevin? Yes, I'm the chief software engineer at Tom Sawyer Software. It's so great to have you on the call, thank you for making the time. Kevin, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? You know, who are you? What do you do? And what's your uh, your relationship to the wonderful world of graphs? Uh, my name is Kevin Madden. I'm the chief software engineer at Tomsar Software, a California-based uh, graph visualization company. Um, we uh, I've been doing graph theory since the early '90s. Um, my brothers, uh, Brendan Madden and my other brother, Patrick Madden, we started a company um, that were revolved around graph layout and graph visualization. Um, so I've been involved with uh, graph visualizations uh, since the early days of, you know, wow. um, yeah, so. Early 90s, uh, you said. That's a long yeah. time. <laughs> It is. It is. <laughs> wow, it's fantastic. Uh, we've had we had several toolkits that we released through the '90s, and we used to be embedded into larger applications uh, like Irwin uh, for d designing uh, relational databases, uh, ER Studio for another tool for building uh, relational databases, and uh, we mainly built uh, network visualization platforms for. Uh, the early days of the networking systems. Um, wow, that's so, yeah, that's pretty much how we got started in, in it. It was basically the early days of networking and network visualization. I remember Urban actually. I think I used it uh, at, at one of my first jobs in the early in the mid nineties. <laughs> so, uh, that must, it, it's yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's funny that we use graphs to define relational databases, but you know and. Uh, we did UML modeling toolkits and uh, all kinds of uh, visualizations for uh, software uh, class hierarchy diagrams, UML modeling, uh, all those kind of products that we ended up being embedded in much larger uh, software architectures. So we were like an OEM or original equipment manufacturer. So Tom Sawyer was considered like the secret sauce and basically we would sign agreements that we wouldn't say that we were in the products and mm -hmm. yeah. um and so most people never heard of Thompson. I was like I've never heard of you and but we've been in many enterprise deployments over the years with Hewlett Packard, IBM, Cisco, these kind of companies. So I've been heavily involved in graph theory over the over the decades now. Uh, interesting, so interesting. And um as I understand it right now, you guys are, are really like a graph visualization software that you can plug on to Neo4j these days, right? You can just say, here's your Neo4j server, point, it, point your software to it, and start exploring the network. Is that is that correct? Um, we have a product we call Tom Sawyer Perspectives, which lets you build uh, web applications uh, without any code. You can connect to a Neo4j um, and you can define multiple views of the same graph. So uh, you might have a lot of data in the graph database that you don't want to see, and we allow you to provide cipher queries, which allow us to uh, populate um, the web application with. Uh, we've done many uh, applications over the years with uh, Neo4j. Um, 
like for instance, the Panama Papers visualization. We did the Cineads. Um, we've done Crime Network visualizations. Uh, many, many different applications. Uh, commodity flow application, which allows us to track the movement of uh, industrial commodities across the United States. Um, but the Panama Papers was by far uh, our most ambitious endeavor with Neo4j. Uh, you can incrementally crawl the graph model, which allows us to do different types of graph analytics, um, centralities, and social network analysis. Uh, using um, graphs extracted from Neo4j. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you know, right? Panama Papers has been such a game changer for for, for Neo4j, but for our industry, I guess. Any, everyone knows about it, isn't it, don't they? Yes. Uh, Panama Papers, you know, obviously it was it has political implications and tax implications. And, and it's an interesting subject because it ties in, like, WikiLeaks and all these kind of... Um, social phenomenon that are going on around yeah, that that whole release of a massive data set for tracking movement of people offshoring money um, and hiding money and how do you use a graph database to decipher um, intelligence from something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, Kevin, how, how did you guys get into this? And, you know, what's, what's the story behind that? Why did you guys get into this in the first place? Uh, is there... Is there is there a story there, or other than Mark Twain's? Um, there is a story there actually. Um, I met uh, Philip Rahi at uh, a Semtech conference where we were uh, demonstrating our our Tom Sawyer Perspectives product, and Philip spent several hours in my booth, which was just a stand at the time. It was really small, and we had this very interesting discussions. And I had never heard of Neo4j at the time. I think it was maybe five years ago was very early days for Neo and he was looking at some of the graph visualizations that we were producing using our layout platform and he was highly intrigued because we had different types of analytics uh, you know reachability shortest paths uh, the, the traversals all the kind of stuff that you need to basically build a visualization application on the web and he's like you guys should download and try our Neo4j you're gonna love it so we started using the REST API, the, the Neo4j REST API, and we started integrating with uh, the Neo4j to get visualizations. So I wrote the first Neo4j connector into the Tom Sawyer platform. And so uh, we can log in and uh, get the object types and the property graph and all that kind of stuff and then be able to interactively visualize it on the web outside of the Neo4j uh, browser that comes by default. So it's almost a standalone application that it gets extracted. So, um, and then we started doing joint marketing efforts in San Francisco. Uh, we started doing meetups and uh, we would do joint visualization seminars and all sorts of stuff in them. Uh, we had business relationship meetings with Neo4j and it was, um, and we became a, a visualization solution provider for Neo4j. So we kind of have grown along, grown along with Neo4j. Um, was there was there a particular use case that you guys were like most focused on or most interested in in those early days, or or was it just more of a generic uh, platform and relationship? Um, we had done some uh, spatial uh, analysis, so we had no. It was more around marketing. Um, 
Neo in the early days was, you know, open source. It was, you can download the community edition and just have it up and running in, you know, a matter of minutes and, and getting people to understand graphs. And so there was a lot of training around what is a graph? Like I, we would meet people and be like, I don't get it. And then you'd get these other people would be like, Oh my God, this is what I've been searching for, you know? Um, and over the years, uh, we have worked with multiple graph database vendors, but none of them have, have gotten the market penetration that Neo has. And so we were more than happy to do these joint meetups because we were trying to sell our visualization solutions and, and inform the customers about, you know, the possibilities when you tie it with a large scale graph database that can store these graphs on the, on the, on the billions and, and have managed millions of and trillions of relationships. And then at the end, you end up with a graph from your query. So you still have some, you still need a way to visualize on the client side, uh, what that graph is result, the resulting graphs that come out of the queries that you are able to, uh, um, that's not said very well, but you still get graphs out. And so you still have to be able to do some kind of client side analytics on those graphs to be able to present them to the user in a powerful form. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Otherwise, you, you get a big fat hairball, right? <laughs> if you don't yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want the hairball. The hairball yeah. is like we found that when you tie together very powerful visualization platform that enables the human mind to understand patterns that are in the graphs along with the graph analytics, and the you get a very powerful paradigm because the human can start to grasp the complexities of the interconnections of the data. And so it's a very powerful metaphor when you tie animation, uh, advanced graph layout, and and analytics, where you can partition the data and hide complexity. The idea is to hide complexity from the user to see how they get the result. And so when you reduce the complexity, but there's a lot of hidden complexity that's being processed by the by the graph database and the visualization platforms, it allows abstractions to be created and high level meaning and understanding within the data set. I think so these are actually, some, uh, yeah, really, really true. And I've seen that a bunch of times in different use cases. actually. Yes. Yes. It's a, um, it's very important to be able to make sure that the user has a concept of context and, and then they have a, a drill point where they can start and then they can follow along like the Hansel and Gretel and the breadcrumbs to understand how they got to the answer. Well, I mean, like for Neo4j right now, there's like a handful of really like sweet spot use cases where we where we see this happening most often, right? And it's things like fraud analytics and real-time recommendations and those types of things, uh, IT and network management. Is that kind of the same for you guys today? Is that where where you guys are most active as well? Actually, we're seeing and we're seeing most of our adoption in high-end engineering and on. A global scale we're seeing you know airplane manufacturing we're seeing uh, auto auto manufacturers we're seeing um big industrial corporations that have billion of uh, millions and millions of parts that go into products and we're seeing that they want to be able to uh put all their engineering design specifications all the tracking data of where the parts were manufactured where who manufactured them, the whole industrial process is being pushed into the graph. And then the engineers on the design side want to look at them as graphs. 
uh, what we call SysML or systems modeling language. You can think of it as like a UML for the complex systems engineering, um, uh, satellite manufacturers, rocket manufacturers, these kind of things we're starting to see a lot of growth in. Uh, and drug interaction diagramming, proteomics. There's all sorts of different graph uh, structures that we've been dealing with over the years that are starting to migrate their data into the graph database. Really cool. So, so where is this going then, uh, Kevin? You know, where, where do you think uh, you know our industry, but also maybe you know you guys and your product uh, is is moving towards? Um, any any ideas about uh, that crystal ball in the future? Oh, I think the growth is, I think we're just scratching the surface. Uh, I think you're starting to see a lot of the, the standard NoSQLs. All, like, we, we saw the big data boom and then the NoSQL, and all of this is migrating towards the graph database. So all those other platforms, you're seeing stuff like Sparks, and you're starting to see, you know, the proliferance of uh, Neo4j. And then when you couple these all together, um, I think there's going to be a, a big migration from relational into the graph database because it's easy to use and the tooling support is growing. The tooling is getting a lot better. The security systems uh, behind it are getting a lot stronger and the connectivity layers are getting very high performance, the redundancy, all these kind of things that were built into relational database and why people would go to a relational database uh, are starting to get support in the, in, in the graph database land. And so we're really going to start to see the adoption grow as it's proven itself as a technology. It's really when prime we used, time. It's, it, we're, uh, we're very close for prime time. If not right now, we're ready for prime time. Yeah. I mean, if you're running a Fortune 1000 company and you have to make tough decisions as a CIO, you know, you always used to, have to go to your relational because it was proven, it was fault tolerant, it was secure. All these kind of uh, things are being addressed. Uh, language standardizations, uh, vendor support, uh, all these kind of things are critical when you're making these kind of critical decisions as, a, as an enterprise. And I believe that all these things are lining up beautifully. And, um, and I think that we're just literally scratching the surface of what's going to happen in the later 21st century. I'm going to look forward to that together with you, I guess. And uh, this is, I guess, uh, Kevin, where we'll wrap up the podcast for now. Um, we'll put a bunch of links to your software and, and, and the stuff that you guys have been making in the, in the transcription of the podcast so that people can find it uh, easily. Uh, for, but for now, I'm, I think I'm going to thank you for uh, coming online and uh, spending the time with me talking about um, the wonderful world of graphs and graph visualizations. And um, and hopefully we'll see each other at one of the future Graph Connects or another conference, right? Great, thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, I wish it could be longer. I wish it could have been longer. I could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's, it's always it's always uh, uh, something that I struggle with as well. But I know that our listeners just want to you know get a couple of pointers, and uh, this is a great way of doing it. So thank you, Kevin. I, I look forward to um, seeing you. Okay, great. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate Cheers. it. Bye.